Um, parent and toddler groups are one of the most frequent ways in which churches engage with the community. We run Splash Time. It's not a swimming bath. It's not a swimming pool. It actually stands for Sing, Play, Learn and Share Him Time. We want to give parents in the community access to excellent and safe environments where they can learn all about Jesus' love through stories, singing, arts and craft, and form long-lasting friendships. Splash Time has grown so much over the years and consists of so many nationalities. I'd like you to meet Angela, one of our session leaders who recently joined our team. Hey, good morning, guys. Right, I started volunteering at Splash Time. One, because of my love for children. Two, to maximise these children's potential. Three, to maintain my energy and fulfilment as I watch these children grow. A great quote, a great quote said, potential is essential. Splash Time gives me the chance to meet and work with children from different backgrounds, with the end product being that these, their glass can become half full, not half empty. We at Splash Time make it a fun experience for the parents and children, and we coordinate biblical stories and songs. The success of Splash Time is down to Claire and Pauline. They are the great awesome. Working in a friendly environment, I've made lots of new friends with different ideas, history, and ambitions. I've even rediscovered a very good friend. That very good friend is God. Thank you. Splash time runs from Monday to Friday, 10.30 till 12.30, and on a Tuesday afternoon, it's 1 p.m. till 2.30. That is specially aimed at families in the surrounding area. However, with our waiting list being so immense, we have now opened a Thursday afternoon, starting at 1 until 2.30. Both Tuesday and Thursday are run by Angela. She's a great addition to our team, and her laugh sets you off first thing in the morning. It's amazing. Splash time this term started on the 9th of September, and in the last two weeks, we've taken in 152 families, and they have signed up either once or twice a week. Isn't that fantastic? It's brilliant, isn't it? All our sessions are now full, and our waiting list is actually getting there. Our toddler group isn't just a wonderful service to the community. It is potentially the biggest evangelistic opportunity in our church. We, we do get the opportunity to answer searching questions, and from that, parents have actually started coming to the church. Last Tuesday, we only had two volunteers to a 35 families, so it could potentially be about 80, 90 people. We do need the help. So if you feel you can give two hours in the day to help us, please come and sign up. I'll be at the back. Please come and be blessed. Thanks. Investing in children's lives today will help them thrive tomorrow. Reload, Yorkshire Camp, Splash Time are great places for your children to come to be nurtured in God. We are so excited at all that God wants to do in their lives. 
Now, you might not be able to help during the week because you work, but you could help us on Sundays in our children's ministry. At present, we run seven groups uh, on a Sunday morning. At the 9.15, there's two groups and there's five groups running now. And to keep this all going, we would love you to come and help us. We want our children to grow in wisdom, stature, favour with God and man. And now is your time to give, to sacrifice and the time to get involved. Please, will you just listen to Kemi and TJ's testimony of how and, how and why they got involved. Good morning, church. My name is um, Kemi Fabie, and I'm mom to two lovely children. I never knew I could call myself a member of the children's ministry, and this is because I've never taught a group of children. I have never worked in a children's ministry at all. I've not been trained as a children's teacher, apart from, obviously, my two little ones. I've always thought being a member of the choir and singing to glorify God was all I could offer. Then things begin to have a different outlook when Claire, just like a day like this, to make an appeal for helpers in the children's ministry. I thought, okay, I've got two with them anyway. I might as well go one Sunday a month to help with the basic things that they are struggling with. My first Sunday there was so much fun and very fulfilling. I found myself looking out for the rota every second week of the month to see what duties have been allocated. I can say I have discovered another gifting that I didn't know that I had at all. You can see the fruit of the seed of God's word sometimes right there in front of you, which is very humbling. And with continued diligence in sowing the seed of God's word, we can see the children grow up to become godly men and godly women of God. I would like to encourage everyone to be a part of this fulfilling ministry. You don't need any experience at all in children's ministry. You can be a mom like myself. It can be a dad, auntie, uncle, sister, brother, a grandma, a grandpa. Please join in. See what God can do through you when you step out in faith. God bless you. Uh, good morning. Um, my name is Tunji Kayode, but a lot of people call me TJ. Uh, my journey in the children's ministry started about 24 years ago. After becoming a born-again Christian as a teenager, all I wanted to do was to serve God. And I was told that we are vessels called to serve. And so initially I joined the, the choir. And for some reason, every time I say to my wife, I was once in the choir, she always burst out laughing. I just wonder why. <laughs> um, but I started doing a Bible study uh, back in Nigeria at our church. And I felt the Holy Spirit telling me that I, wanted to, I, I need to join the children's ministry. I was surprised because I thought... God should know everything. And then you should know that I'm not fond of children. I don't really get along with children. So how can he be calling me to the, to the ministry? Surely you need to have the love of children in your heart before you can join the ministry. And so for about two years, I kept running and you know, never going to the ministry until a day that the, the Lord came again and spoke to my heart. Eventually, I decided to step out and join. And let me just say this, that when God calls you into anything, he also equips you. And I found myself that a heart that was not fond of children began to love children. 
For me, this was a miracle because I never thought in my life that I would feel the way I started feeling when I joined the children's ministry. I look forward to working with children and helping children grow as they get to know the Lord. Now, looking back at everything that has happened, I can see that God's hand was in it all the way. And so if you are here and you are struggling, probably you are a man, you are thinking like me, like I thought before. Surely children's ministry is for women. The Lord has a reason and he has every reason for every pattern that he designs. And when he designed the family, he made it a father and a mother and children. There's always a reason to God's pattern. And so in the ministry, we need men as well. And if you are struggling and you are thinking, what do I need to do? Just come and obey God. Out there, the enemy is out to get the children, to get the souls of the children. You look at the social media, the internet, everything he's doing is to get their souls. And we as a church need to stand up and say, not on our watch. And we can do this by coming and joining the children's ministry. Let me leave you with this word, and I hope he resonates with you. You are not responsible for the outcome of your obedience. God is. All God has called you to do is to obey. What happens afterwards, that's his responsibility. Stop taking up responsibility that is not yours and leave God's responsibility to his. Thank you. I've so appreciated Kemi and TJ's involvement as many other on the team over the last few years. They're both now serving and leading departments in the children's ministry and doing a great job with your children. And what God has done in their lives, he can do in yours too. Over the summer, we, um, some of the team left for uni, have, some have had babies, some have retired and moved on, and that's all really good, but now we have gaps to fill. On our registers, there are 563 children. We are so blessed to have so many children in our church, but we have a great big responsibility to nurture all of these. And this morning, as you sit here, it's going on downstairs, it's going on over the road, but this morning, we've had to cobble teams together to make it work. And I really, really would ask you to look inside your heart and get God to look inside your heart to see if you could give one Sunday a month or two Sundays a month to help in this massive harvest field that we have with our children. All generations are welcome. From the oldest, we have Sheila at nearly 83, down to the teenage helpers. You can be used by God. Men, women, um, from you, all different nature, nations, all different languages, cultures, we would love to have you serve in the children's ministry. Your investment into these lives will have eternal consequences. So whatever time you've got to live, uh, give, whether it's during the week for splash time or reload, whether it's on Sunday mornings to work across the age groups or with our special needs children who also need extra care, with the choir, whatever it is, whatever time, we would love to hear from you. And so at the end of the service, we will be at the two tables at the back. Please come and see us. We would love to have you join our teams and show you the opportunities where you can serve. When we invest in kids, we make an investment for eternity. We can change the course of a life just because we care. Thank you. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 15, 
God announces himself to Moses as the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And then in Acts chapter 3 and verse 13, Peter tells the crowd that the miracle that they have just witnessed came from the hand of the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And this way of God referring to himself is repeated throughout the Bible and it is designed to remind us of at least three things. First, it reminds us that God is the God of the covenant. He's the God of the promise. The promise he made with Abraham and affirmed to Isaac and Jacob. God is saying loud and clear, I, I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. I am the God of Jacob. I am the God who keeps his promises. I made a promise to Abraham and all these years on, I have kept that promise. I am the God who keeps my words. God made this promise, this covenant with Abraham, recorded for us in Genesis 12. And there God tells Abraham, I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to make a great nation come out of you. And the blessing will not just be for you. I'm going to bless all the nations in the world because of you. You will be a blessed man, and because you're a blessed man, I want you to be a blessing. And you and I, each and every one of us, we are blessed men and women, but we are blessed not to hold it to ourselves, but we are blessed to be a blessing. And from Abraham's line came the son of David. From Abraham's line, right through the centuries of history, God kept his promise. God sent his son, Jesus. And Jesus took away the sins of the world. He paid the price for my sin, for your sin. He died and was buried. And death couldn't keep its hands upon him. He conquered death and hell and sin. And through Jesus, there is hope. There is hope for you. There is hope for me. There is hope for the nations. God kept his promise. He is the God of Abraham, he's the God of Isaac, he's the God of Jacob. And the good news this morning is this, he's your God too. Are you glad about that this morning? He will keep the promises he's spoken over your life. His word will not return empty. If you abide in him, if you stay close to him, then his word, his purposes for you, they will triumph in Jesus' name. However tall the mountains get. However deep the valley goes, however dark the darkness be becomes, his purposes, they will come to pass. Whatever he's spoken over your life, whatever promises he's whispered into your spirit, they will come to pass in Jesus' name and nothing can stop them. Because he's the God of Abraham, he's the God of Isaac, he's the God of Jacob. He is the God who keeps his promises. The second thing that this announcement of God reminds us of is that he's also the God of history. Look, says God, I was there in the days of Abraham. And in those days, there were some challenges. There were kings and there were kingdoms and they all had their own plans. But in the midst of it all, my purposes prevailed. I was there in the days of Isaac and I was there in the days of Jacob. And yes, in every season of history, there were powers and authorities and politicians strategizing, manipulating, seeking to establish their way. God says to you and me today, look, I'm the God of Abraham, I'm the God of Isaac, I'm the God of Jacob. I am the God of history. I am the one who sets up kings. I am the one who steps them down. 
In every season in history, God would say to you and me, look, my word will prevail. My promises are kept. Nothing and no one can thwart the promises and purposes of God. How encouraging is this for you and me today? Amid what could be described as political chaos in Europe, in our country, in great uncertainty, the God we serve is still the God of history. Amen? Amen. He's the God of ancient history. He's the God of modern history. He's the God of postmodern history. He's the God of future history. He is Lord over history. From eternity to eternity, He is God. In the challenging and uncertain times that we face, we can trust Him. We do not need to fear. We do not need to worry. Yes, we need to pray. Yes, we need to take the action that God lays on our spirit to do. Prayer and action are important. But primarily, we need to trust Him. He is Lord and King over all. He's the God of yesterday. He's the God of today. And he's the God of forever. And his purposes, they will prevail. He's a God who keeps his promises. He's the God of history. And finally, this God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He is the God of succeeding generations. He's the God of the Abraham generation. He's the God of the Jacob generation. He's the God of the Isaac generation. I don't know which you would relate to the Abraham generation. That would be the older generation. Who would, who would re- relate to that? Yeah, that's me. I'm getting there. He's the God of the Isaac generation. That young adult. He's the God of the Jacob generation. And just as Abraham passed things on to Isaac and Isaac passed things on to Jacob, we must pass the wonderful truth of our faith to our children and to our young people. We must get alongside the younger generations and encourage and bless and build and release. In Deuteronomy 6 verse 7, God tells the people, look, you have a responsibility to the children. Deuteronomy 6 verse 7 says this. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. These wonderful truths... These wonderful stories, the parting of the Red Sea, the manna that came from heaven. Make sure your children know and understand the kind of God that I am. Let them know I'm the provider. Let them know I'm a good God. Let them know I'm the promise-keeping God. Pass it on. Parents have prime responsibility for this. But the believing community also carries some responsibility. We are the wider family and we have a responsibility. Our children's ministry plays a vital role in supporting the journey of faith that our children are on. In Mark chapter 10, the story is recorded of people trying to bring their children to Jesus, whatever were they thinking of. Why would Jesus be bothered with the children? And the disciples said, go away. Jesus hasn't got time for the children. Don't bother the master with the children But the text says Jesus was indignant, which means he was really angry. And he said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder the children. Don't stop them. Jesus has got time for the children. Children can encounter him. I can tell you this morning that our children's ministry, it is not a babysitting service. It's not that they're kind of out there 
being entertained while we do the real meeting. That is not what our children or youth ministry is about. Right from little learners all the way through the leaders of every department in our children and youth ministry. And I've been in enough prayer meetings with them to hear their heart time and time again. And you've heard something of their heart this morning. They are passionate. Absolutely passionate about our children knowing God, growing in God, and growing up to be people who will know their God and do exploits. And that's what we want. We want to see our children grow up to be a generation that runs better than we did. To be a generation that reaches higher in God than we ever did. That achieves more than we ever could. I thank every person involved in our children and youth ministries. Every person. We massively appreciate all you give and all that you do. And I would encourage as many of you as possible to get involved. It might be one Sunday a month. It might be a Friday evening. It might be two hours for splash time on a Monday, Tuesday or whatever day you could make. But I would encourage you to get involved. To be a blessing. You've been blessed. You've got something to pass on. We must share in this responsibility. The text in Mark's gospel finishes by Jesus saying, Jesus took the children in his arms and he blessed them. And week by week as our children and young people gather, Jesus is there. Right there. Where two or three are gathered, Jesus, I'm there. Whether it's two or three children, two or three young adults, two or three young people, two or three older people, it doesn't matter. Jesus is there. And week by week, as our children and young people gather, Jesus is there and his heart is still to bless them. And I pray, with everything that I have, that a mighty blessing from heaven and a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit will rest on our children and young people in Jesus' name. I pray that you and I will be encouraged today to know that the God we serve is the God who keeps his promises. The promises God has spoken over your life. The things he's whispered into your spirit that you're holding on to. Don't ever let go of them. Don't ever let the enemy tell you it'll never ever happen. Friends, if God has said it, God will achieve it. His word will not return empty. God has the power to do what he said he will do. And he will accomplish it. He is the God who keeps his promises. He's also the God of history. And in every period of history, his purposes have prevailed and they will prevail. Nothing, no one can thwart our God. And he is the God of the generations. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He's the God of today. He's the God of tomorrow. And we give him all the praise and all the honour and all the glory. I want us to pray right now for our children and young people. And I just felt a real stirring, a real prompting of the Spirit when I was preparing the short word. And I just was so prompted in my heart, I began to pray. And, and what God laid on me was this. Look, Abraham had his own encounter with God. Isaac couldn't borrow from Abraham's personal encounter. Isaac had to have his own encounter. Jacob had to have his own encounter. In Genesis chapter 1, Abraham 
the son of promise is born. Isaac, finally, after all the years, years and years and years, Abraham and Sarah lived with the promise that God would give them this son. And one day it came, it happened. And Abraham had this encounter with God and he learned that God was the promise keeper over his life. In Genesis 22, Isaac, he learned that God is his provider. As God provided a ram for the sacrifice and Isaac was spared. He learned God is my provider. He had an encounter and learned it for himself. And Jacob, as he wrestled with God in Genesis 32, Jacob had that encounter with God. And he learned that God was a God of grace. And God blessed him, though he didn't deserve it. Jacob was a rascal. Jacob didn't deserve anything from God. And God blessed him. God blessed him. I want us to pray for our children and our young people. I pray they learn so much from us. See, we can't just say to them, it's his name in high honor. We need to live it. We have to live what we preach in front of them. They have to see it in the house. They have to see it in our marriage. They have to see it in our leisure. They have to see it in our workplace. It's not just words. It's how we live. It's not just talking the talk. We have to walk the walk. But I want us to pray this morning that our children and our young people will have an encounter with God for themselves. Not my encounter. Not your testimony. Thank God for your testimony. But you want your children to have their own testimony. You want our young men and our young women to have their own encounter. I pray, oh God, allow them an Abraham encounter where somehow, somewhere they will learn and come to know you are the God who keeps promises. May they have an Isaac encounter where they learn somewhere or other you are the God who will provide for them. May they have a Jacob encounter where they learn you are the God of grace and though they've strayed far away from you, your grace is yet toward them. And for our children and young people, some who are away from the Lord right now, for some of you, your children at the other side of the world, some are at university, some are all over the place, they're not in God, they're not where you would like them in God, I want to pray that even this day they will have an encounter in Jesus' name. They will encounter the risen, living Lord Jesus Christ. A personal encounter for themselves. May they come to know. I pray that even today, something will happen in the lives of our children and young people. And in their heads, they'll have to say, Do you know what? I thought I'd had it. I thought I would never get through. I didn't deserve anything. But this is none other than the grace of God. I pray something will happen. And where they have lack... And where they have need and something will come along and they'll say, this is none other than the provision of God. I pray something will happen where they're hoping and hoping and hoping and hoping and waiting and waiting. And then somehow, someway it happens and they'll say, this is none other than the promise keeping God. May our children, may this generation have an encounter with him. May your sons and daughters have an encounter with Jesus Christ, I pray. May your sons and daughters run better than you ever did. May they slay bigger giants than you and I. Let's pray, friends. Before we come to a close, it might be that you want to name your children and your sons and daughters. I do believe there's a prompting of the Spirit on this. I pray today, oh God, for movement 
in the lives, even our children today, even this week, the youngest child, to have that encounter where they know that they know that they know. Yes, he's the God of Abraham. Yes, he's the God of Isaac. Yes, he's the God of Jacob. But I know he's my God too. You begin to pray. If you haven't got any children or young people you can think of, just pray right now for our children and young people as they meet. Maybe you want to pray with the person next to you. Maybe it's your own son and daughter you want to bring to the Lord. Two or three minutes now, just engage and begin to lift up in the spirit these names. Let's just pray and intercede.